Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. You know what I realized last night as I was trying to fall asleep? What? What? Tell me. We, so this is not like a groundbreaking revelation, but we never say the name of this podcast at the beginning of each episode. (laughs) What is our podcast name? Our podcast (laughs) is called Wildly Tarot. We never say that. We don't. We always say Tarot Wildly because we want others to to, to Tarot Wildly. (laughs) So we're going to have to workshop some new intros where we work in the actual name of our actual podcast. Well, thankfully, on the mini-sodes, we always say, welcome to Tara Wildly from the Wildly Tara <laughs> podcast. But I'm sure people are like, wait, which one's the actual name? And which one's the descriptive <laughs> name? Exactly. <laughs> so that's something that we should probably work on. That's true. So we are Wildly Tarot, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we Today totally we are, are, at least. Yeah. Okay. Good. We have been for a couple months, anyway. <laughs> for a couple of months. <laughs> And my voice is strange today because the cherry blossoms are trying to kill me. So don't you hate it when the earth rebels against you and tries to murder you? (laughs) I'm trying to be kind. But it just doesn't work. So yes. They're so pretty, but so not worth it. (laughs) Yes. Thankfully, they only last a maximum of three days and then it will rain and all will be well again. So (laughs) this is just temporary. I keep telling myself as I yell at children. And we have all of our eucalyptus blooming and acacia. And so I'm also super allergic, but it's just only eye related stuff, not throat related stuff. So you're just all puffy eyed and I'm all puffy voice. Yeah. <laughs> and you keep seeing me like grab tissues to wipe my eyes. Not because I'm emotional, just because the plants are out to get us. But we all know you love a good cry. So it's kind of like the plants are I helping you cry. I do cry. <laughs> I do love a good cry. Like eternal crying. Holly's eternally crying. I decided yesterday that my goal for each day is going to be to laugh, like earnestly belly laugh at least once a day and also cry once a day. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> it's really but easy to make me I, cry. I would feel so pressured. Okay, so it's super easy to make you cry. I would feel super pressured. Like, I haven't laughed today. I need to find something to make me laugh. Make me laugh. Make me laugh. So, <laughs> but I, I laugh really easily. So probably I laugh as easily as you cry. Well, so. I laugh and cry super easily. So it's usually fine. I mean, I think that I probably do those things always. But I think the tears <laughs> are healthy for eye health. That's my um, new okay. theory. <laughs> That's what you keep telling yourself. I just use eye drops. Then. <laughs> It's a little less emotional of a toll on my body. No, so. I can just, what, what's something that's guaranteed to make me cry? Um, animals being reunited with their owners gets oh, me every single time. I, I, I will not put myself emotionally through that. It's just. But it's I, so it's, happy. I guess maybe because I'm, well, for me, because I'm a water sign, everything's just emotionally so much deeper. <laughs> so it's beyond just like physical emotions of crying. It's like actually feeling. You're like, the why were they separated to be? Why were they separated? They were so cruel and mean. So yes, <laughs> I will have emotional hangovers and it's just as an earth sign. Perhaps yeah, it's just as, as an earth sign, I can handle the tears. In fact, I I yearn for them. <laughs> <laughs> Give me tears. You're like a tear thief, <laughs> like a, a goddess of old that yeah, steals tears of just like sorrow and joy. I'm very dualistic. <laughs> 
Are you ready for car of the day? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I'm using Mermaid Taro because the other decks that I asked if they wanted to be on the podcast pretty much gave me, two of them gave me the Five of Cups. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's, we're not going to use you today. You just need to go back inside and think about what you've done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need some alone time. Did you see that question that we got in our email from somebody saying, like, do you only review new decks? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. no. It just has been a trend lately. We've been doing a lot of new ones. Yeah, we, yeah. We, it's been a trend, but yeah, usually it's just kind of whatever we like that comes in. Yeah. And not much. today because, spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert, we still are not doing Luna Soul. We will eventually. <laughs> it, it's, it's been like two weeks, Holly, and nothing has come on my doorstep. You live in Korea. <laughs> like, it takes I a know. while to get stuff to you. <laughs> I know. It's just, I've ordered so many things. I and know. everything's coming, but nothing is here. And so I order more things because it needs to get here. No. So it's like this never-ending cycle. I made a list of, like, the pre-ordered decks and Kickstarter decks that I had, like, you know, in the pipeline. And I was like, oh, my God, I have so many incredible decks coming. I can't wait yeah. for this. But none of them will be here till July at the earliest, basically. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, uh, why do we do this to ourselves, Holly? We and make I'm a sure podcast that, about tarot cards. I'm sure cards. that Le Beaumont will get there, get here earlier. But it just feels like yeah. everything is so far away. <laughs> I know. I know. Which, by the way, our first Wildling deck got funded on Kickstarter. Know, yeah. We're so it, proud it, of you, Jen. Really well. Yes. It's so exciting. And I'm super, super excited about the book, too, because we've been teased little blurbs of stuff, and I'm just Yeah. It's and awesome. my voice is, like, going softer and softer, so I keep, like, I know. crouching closer I'm, like, to the mic. I'm, leaning in, even though I'm wearing earbuds, like, eh, what's up? I need one eh. of those ear horns. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying not to feel like I'm yelling, but it just... It's just not going to happen. I'm just going to have to feel like I'm yelling the whole time. Like, yeah. You don't sound like, like you're yelling. I, good, because I feel like I can, who is it? Um, Rush Limbaugh, you know, yelling into the mic. How dare you bring his name up in this sacred space? How dare you? Sage, Sage, where's Sage? Well, I couldn't think of any, like, would anyone nice that yelled, so. Yeah, well, you're not yelling, so you don't even okay, have to thank you. count yourself amongst those pundits. Okay, good, good. Okay, well, the, the card today is I think descriptive of my voice currently it's the three of swords it's just dying (laughs) we haven't gotten that as our card of the day yeah we haven't I think we've gotten it in a couple of spreads I think but never as card of the day and the mermaid taro is really interesting because it's of a whale that is passing because I read the little blurby thing. Look at you looking at the book. <laughs> I know. It's in the Arctic. So the Arctic mermaids are kind of surrounding it. But it's like honoring the pain. It's talking about the mermaids honoring that pain and allowing that spirit to go on and kind of yeah. ushering that spirit. Aww, and I just love beautiful. that because the Three of Swords, so a lot of times we just focus on the trauma and the pain. Yeah, and never like Yeah, and never sort of honoring that pain and sort of recognizing it and not – necessarily thanking it but just seeing how it's been in our life as a value yeah in a sense and so I think and especially because that's how kind of the picture it's pictured in this deck I really like that so I love that that's really and yeah it's a really striking image with the whale because you just don't expect you're like oh that poor whale yeah yesterday I was having a really hard day because of some like family loss stuff and I was talking to my mom and she's like okay well tell me about the last time that you felt like truly peaceful and happy And I was like, well, I guess last time I was up there, like just the morning before I left, my sister and her best friend and I went 
to wine tasting and then had lunch and it was just like so peaceful. And she's like, yeah. well, that's good because that was, that's so recreatable. Like it's really easy yeah. for you to just be back up here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's true. It isn't impossible for me to feel like peace. I mean, with all of the craziness that's going on, it's a little bit harder, but I know that there's a spot that feels a little bit like a refuge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's being able to, you can, like your mom said, you can recreate that it is something that's, you can't, like, it's attainable for you. Yeah, so. totally. It's there. Yeah. And it's also recent. It's not like I have to, like, go so far back. And I've had time, periods in my life where I've hated my job and everything has been really awful. And it was hard to even, like, recollect a period of peace. But yeah. I love my job. You know, my family's great. My husband's great. My dog's great. Like, you guys are great. The podcast is great. It's just, like, all of these feelings of loss in other areas that I have no control over. Yeah. That's <laughs> but so anyway. hard. Yeah, but that's kind of descriptive of the, of the Three of Swords because there's always some sort of, like, loss with the Three of Swords. Like, yeah. A loss of self sometimes. There's a loss of a person in your life. So it's kind of honoring that loss and being able to recognize it and yeah. move forward from it. I wasn't planning on talking about that during the podcast, but then the Three of Swords popped up. Yeah, the you Three of Swords exposes shit all the time. So exactly. we got to honor yeah. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, great. Now I just spent the last five minutes talking about my own stuff again. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's it, The cards are constantly like reading us and yeah. we're doing this podcast. So yeah. It's, it's, I mean, hello, people. Every week we read ourselves. Exactly. So you can do this too. <laughs> Maybe if we needed to change what our uh, sign off line was just so that we actually said the name of our podcast more in our actual podcast, <laughs> we could have the sign off line being be about the cards reading us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Because it happens all the time. It really does. (laughs) All right. Anyway, on to the questions that aren't about me, 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 (laughs) me. So both of our questions are from our friend Nikki this week. And this one seems like kind of an extension of last week's episode to me because it covers some like tarot basics. So I thought that it would be a good place to start. But she says, I've heard you say in the podcast that you don't read reverses. And I've read books and listened to other podcasts where the readers also don't read reverses. But of course, there are others who say that if a card is reversed, it's reversed for a reason. I find reverses confusing and yet I still feel compelled to read them that way. How do you reach the decision to not read reverses? So neither of us read reversals and we kind of never have. Yeah, I I attempted to at the beginning, but I get visually overwhelmed very easily. Yeah. Like there are certain decks I can't have because I get visually overwhelmed. And so my, my I just literally shut down. So with reading reversals and upright cards together, it's just a lot of information coming at you all at once. It's Sometimes it can be contradictory depending on positions and depending yeah. on the reversals that are in there. And so to me, I've always kind of uh, – since kind of the beginning, I've kind of taken the stance where the 78 cards can let me know information any way it wants me to know. Well, and I think that that's actually a really good distinction is that – I think people who are, so reversals are when a card shows up upside down from context clues. You probably already know that. But a lot of the times, if people are really, really staunchly pro reversals, they're like, you know, if you don't read reversals, you're ignoring the bad part of life and blah, 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 blah. But I think since we use it so much for like meditative self-growth anyway, you're spending Mm -hmm. enough time looking at them to understand if the negative 
aspect of that card is what you're supposed to be getting out of it. Yeah. So you don't need it to show up upside down and throw you off and distract you and make you be like, oh, shoot, that's upside down, you know, in order to get to that place where you're like, okay, this is what that means. Yeah. And I think especially if the spreads that we have, we have like negative and positive positions. Yeah. So I think that also aids in that too, where we ha- if you have a balanced spread or, you, you know, you're giving the ability of the cards of coming at you in those negative aspects instead totally. of like completely like ignoring. And if you read reversals, that's totally fine. Just for me and the, my style and the way I enjoy reading it, it's just too picky kind of. Yeah. That's, that's how I kind of see it. Like it's too picky to, okay, well, this one's reversed, but it's in this position. But does, does, does that make it a positive, negative, you know, so yeah. it's really finicky, I think. For yeah. Me. And if it's a negative position, like what do I need less of? And then you get a reversal and then you're like trying to do the whole double negative, like parsing. Right. It can just take me so far out of the mindset Mm-hmm. Of, like, yeah. what I'm trying to get out of it. It so, takes you out of the flow, yeah. I think that we both do the same thing to avoid reversals. But, like, for me, I reorder my decks pretty frequently just because, I don't know, it's just part of my practice. I just regularly like to sort of, like, make sure that I have everything and put it all in the right order and everything facing in the right direction. And then when I'm shuffling, I split it and shuffle it in such a way that means that there should not be any reversals. Like, I'm not just, like, sort of, like, you know, doing it willy-nilly. I'm intentionally trying to avoid reversals. But even if I'm not, like, I have a deck at work that I just kind of, like, don't use very often. And... If I pull from that card, I'm still or from that deck and I get a reversal, I'll just flip it around because a lot of the times when I'm using a deck at work, I'm reading for somebody who's sitting across the table from me. And so I'll just be like, okay, well, it doesn't really matter because either I'm looking at it or you're looking at it. It doesn't matter. It's still going to be upright either way. Yeah. And I think that that's a benefit of not reading reversals is that then when you're reading for somebody else who's sitting across from a table from you, you're not spending the entire time thinking, oh, shoot, is that reversed or is that upright? Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, th- I think there is a benefit to like in Tara books to reading the reversal meanings because it can help with the negative yeah. sort of meaning of the card. Because that's, totally. how, that's how I usually try to, to do things like, oh, okay, I never considered the tower being interpreted this way in a more positive aspect sort of thing. Yeah. So I think that those meanings do have value, but just it depends for me on the position that it's in. Yeah. So And not getting so wrapped up in it. But Holly is much more detailed than I am because I shuffle them however I want to shuffle them. And if they come out, then they just come out. So because I just I don't have time to put them all back into order. Oh, all I think upright. it's so I like doing it while I'm like watching TV and stuff just because it's yeah. very mindless. <laughs> I will sometimes shuffle the cards like most of the time my, my shuffling technique is to where there won't be reversals. Like I'll split the deck and then shuffle it a certain like, yeah, like, like poker shuffle it away to where there probably won't be. But if there is, I'm like. Sometimes, depending on, like, the feeling that comes out with a card, I'll kind of be like, oh, this is a little nuanced sort of meaning to what I'm used to. But other than that, I don't think twice when a reversed card comes out because it's like, okay, here's a card, just like a normal card. So Yeah, totally. 
But again, this is one of those things where like there's really no right or wrong answer. So if you feel like you need reversals, then go for it. But if somebody says you're not really like I I don't know. There's so many tarot Facebook groups that just drive me crazy because of the gatekeeping. And I've already ranted about this. this <laughs> month, so I'm not going to do it again. But that's one that I see a lot where like, you know, readers who've been reading for a really long time seem to be the ones like people who've been reading for over 30 years seem to be the ones who are like, it's so insane to me that new readers think that they can still get a like coherent reading without doing reversals. And it's like, dude, back off. Like if I'm getting something out of it, then it doesn't really matter that you think that I need to be using reversals. <laughs> right. And I I think that there are people who definitely want to avoid negative aspects of Taro. Yeah, But totally. I don't think Taro itself, just reading uprights, is, ne- is not negative. Yeah. There are plenty of negative cards. I mean, Five of Cups, the Tower, you know, Death, all of those quote-unquote, could be negative yeah. without being reversed. But so can, you know, the Four of Wands can also be negative if yeah. you're, you know, like getting to that point of celebration without having anything to support and build it up or whatever. Like yeah. there's, that's Everything why you, can it's be so toxic. important to spend yeah. time with it. Like there's, exactly. there's shadows to all of the cards. <laughs> yes, I love that. Shadow sides to all the cards. <laughs> From Wildly Tarot Podcast. <laughs> yeah, See, I got the name in. Yeah, good job. <laughs> we're going to have this episode. We're going to say it like 50 times. <laughs> Who are we? We're Wildly Tarot. What are we doing? Tarot Wildly. <laughs> <We're wildling. laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is like the number one reason we need sponsors. So we can do like, and if you enter Wildly Tarot <laughs> 47654, four, you can get 20%. <laughs> You can get 20% off. I love, I love, love, love podcasts that do have sponsors and how they must, like, I don't know if they Like, how do they get the codes? I know. Like, (laughs) have you ever listened to um, Bitch Fest, which is like a Real Housewives recap pod with two really funny comedians, uh, Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider? For a really long time, when they were, like, just starting to get sponsors, the sponsors would let them just have bitch be their code. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and then enter the code bitch for 20%. (laughs) And then eventually it was like, no, and they had to start using housewives or whatever. But for a while, I just would laugh so so hard (laughs) where they're like, and then enter bitch at checkout. (laughs) Can we enter witch at checkout? Would that be okay with us? Oh, yeah. I like that. That's a good call. Thank you. Except for we don't have any sponsors. So That's true. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> no one's knocking on our door yet. But if you're wanting to sponsor Wiley Tarot Podcast, yeah, we are open for sponsors. Especially because we've had like 10 people tell us they bought the Mermaid Tarot after last week's Like episode. literally. Like, and then she went to number one on Amazon for new pick. And I was like, that was us. We did it the Holly. Us. It wasn't us. But I'd love it. It was it totally were. us. It was totally us. I believe, Holly. I believe. The timing was just right. <laughs> I'm sure more than 10 people bought it. Just not all of them told us about it. Let's just be honest. (laughs) It did make me think like, wow, we should really go back to specifying that none of the, we weren't paid to bring up any of these decks. They are just decks that we already have. (laughs) That we like. Yeah, exactly. This show is just basically decks that we like. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It took us how many episodes to do the wild wild unknown because we were like not (laughs) into it. "Eh." Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It has nothing to do with age or newness. It has everything to do with, oh, we like this tech. Let's yeah, do it exactly. next week. Or, yeah, exactly. Or it's like on top of the pile when we get to the end and we realize we haven't selected a deck for next week. And I'm like, ah, and go. what label can I see from where I'm sitting right now? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. We are, t- you give us too much credit for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, way off track. Do we want to talk about Sorry. our second question from Nikki? <laughs> Not really. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm going to keep plugging our podcast. <laughs> our podcast, Wildly, Wildly Tara, Tara, with our second question here. <laughs> Laughing. I know I love it that's why I don't want to keep getting off track because I feel so bad for your poor vocal cords no, they're like okay. I hate you I just sound like a gerbil like trying mating noises <laughs> that's exactly what my first thought was oh good I'm glad I'm, just glad like I'm a accurate gerbil. here just like a gerbil okay our second question from Nikki is I have a friend that I've struggled recently in coming to terms about how I feel for her. When I was going through a difficult time in my life, she was there for me, and I know she loves me and cares about me. At the same time, she seems to be a source of negativity in my life. She is quick to anger and says hurtful things when angry. Aye, aye, aye. She seems determined to be unhappy and will cause problems or drama out of nothing so that she can have something to get angry or complain about. Dealing with the constant drama is emotionally draining for me, but I also know that she is insecure and needs support. Part of me says, I need to lessen our friendship so that I can get some peace. Part of me says, it's wrong to abandon a friend in need. What should I do? First, I would ask, what does she need? Wait, are you asking me what she needs no, from I'm this No, I'm just asking rhetorically to oh, Nikki. Oh, yeah. What does the, what friend, does the need? friend need? Yeah. Because, yeah. Sometimes people don't really realize that they're doing that because it just becomes habit. Yeah. And then they don't mean to be like an emotional drain. But I think that that's a really good point. Does she need, does her friend like need a need friend support, or does support? she need somebody to listen to her complain? Right. Yeah. So how so, do you want to handle this? I don't know. Cause I don't know if our normal, like typical spread would help with the path forward like it's like unless we adjusted it do you want to pull each just pull a card for the energy of this friendship and then maybe that'll inspire like a second question Some, something yeah i think so yeah and you're still using mermaid yes i am still using mermaid because i don't feel like getting another deck currently I'm so buy mermaid taro and enter a wildly tarot podcast at yeah, the checkout exactly. so that amazon knows that we inspired your dear they'll be, no they'll be like what is this person talking about that's not a thing <laughs> all right sorry okay. i had okay. out a different deck but i want to use mermaid too because i okay. think that like it's kind of so straightforward oh yeah and I like the nuance that it brings. So, okay, so two cards. Well, you, we're each going to do one card. Yeah, Holly, one card. I know, for the friendship. I know, I know. Okay, okay. I set that rule. I'll try to follow okay. it really hard. Watch two cards. <laughs> really pop hard, out. and she <laughs> yeah. shuffles like eight fly out. <laughs> well, I just almost knocked over the entire Aquarian Tarot, which we're going to be reviewing in a second, including like just on the floor, but not on the floor close to me. On the floor, so. On the other side of my desk that I would have to, like, stop recording, move a piece of furniture, and go grab it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This is ridiculous. Okay, let's see. Oh, interesting. Okay, just a second. I'm trying to catch up. (laughs) Have you explained to people all the counting that you do, or do you always cut that out? I always cut it out. (laughs) Well, I think I've kept in one time where I counted a seven, because... When I did my shuffling habits for the Facebook group, I showed people how I shuffled. Yeah. And so I kind of assume if they're in the Facebook group, they know. But we have more listeners than in the Facebook group. Yeah. So perhaps sometime <laughs> we should go over <laughs> shuffling methods next week. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Seven of Cups. Oh, interesting. For 
I got the Queen of Wands. Oh. Do you think the Queen of Wands is Nikki or the friend? I think that it's probably Nikki because if Nikki were feeling like she were in a bad place and this friend helped her through, but now she's in a good place mm-hmm. and she can't give the same reciprocity, then it would make sense if those were related. Like there's the other thing though about this card is that there's like a fieriness to it where in this specific deck, there's destruction right. in the Queen of Wands. Like there is a lot of strength and power but also the potential for destruction. And so I think that if we're just talking about like the vibe of the relationship, then maybe not even attributing it to one of them. One of them just needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then with seven of cups, definitely illusions and choices that either you feel like you have to make, that you feel like you're pinned to make in the corner. Yeah. And all of that, that happens, or there is a choice that you have to make and you're not quite sure which one, of course, obviously. Yeah, so that's why. I mean, yeah, that's why us. But yeah. I think that also because of the illusion stuff, I think that like the focus on all the different options, like do I stay her friend? Do I set boundaries with her? Do I not be friends with her anymore? All of those sorts of options in the Seven of Cups is like going to culminate in sort of more of a destructive aspect of the queen of wands because Mm -hmm. you can't not address stuff like that if it's weighing heavily on you like it needs to be addressed either way well and just like queen of wands something will explode at one point i think that's kind of evident with her having like the lava literally flowing out of her yeah that's what it kind of looks like (laughs) it totally does that's one of my favorite cards we talked about it last week i love it so much but one of the parts that i love about it is that with all that strength and passion and ability to like create and all that stuff also comes the ability to destroy and I think when there's an issue of having a lot of options and not knowing where to go or having some illusions about who you are in all of this or who they are in all of this it kind of makes sense that there would be like the opportunity for destruction especially if the friend tends to I mean being friends with somebody who like is quick to anger and also says really mean things when they're angry, I would not be able to handle that. Like yeah. I, my, you know, even though I love crying, I don't love crying because people are being mean to me. I like crying because of other things. Right. Like when people are mean to me, I absolutely cannot handle it. And I feel yeah. like that's a really hard friendship to maintain no matter what your history is. If people are being actively mean to you when they're mad, there's just no excuse for that. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so do you want to pull, do you want to do like what would happen if you had a conversation about boundaries or like what would happen if you had a conversation with her about what's bugging you? I think, yeah, like something like a two path sort of thing because they've given us two options. Cutting and running. Basically cutting it or working on it and kind of what would happen or what would transpire because of that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's do the cut off, like the... Basically cutting off the friendship or working on the friendship as the two options. Okay. Would you like to take cutting off or working on? I'll take cutting off. Cutting off. Okay. (laughs) And I also feel like mentioning like illusions about the friendship itself. Like what it's based on too. Because I think a lot of times because we feel like we need to honor a person, we keep these illusions because we want to think the best of people too yeah so i do want to mention that so because sometimes we just kind of to help ourselves we kind of keep that illusion in front of us totally and focusing on like if this thing were to change then everything would be fine and you want to see instead of the like destructive nature of the queen of wands in this card like the the productive side of it yeah yeah 
So, okay. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Do you want to go first? Uh, sh- sure. <laughs> I'm going to pull one more card because this one's a little confusing. Oh, how many okay. did you pull? I pulled two. Okay, I pulled three. <laughs> well, then I pulled a third one for, for clarification. Okay, so okay, okay. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I was like, did you only pull one initially? Jesus Christ. No, I was going to pull two just kind of get like a feeling and then I need a clarification for the second one. But of course. Okay. So um, for continuing the friendship and kind of having conversation, I got the Ten of Wands, the Ace of Cups, and the Page of Pentacles. So I think that if there is a conversation that transpires, it'll be really difficult, like a very difficult, like sort of point in your friendship. But with the Ace of Cups and Page of Pentacles, it's definitely a chance to renew the opportunity of your friendship and maybe come at it from a different aspect and angle and a different level of respect Yeah, what you've had in the past. Because especially with the Ace of Cups and Page of Pentacles, both of those are like new opportunities, new emotional excitement, um, things like that. So that once it kind of like when it's addressed, it's going to be really, really difficult conversation to have. Yeah. But moving forward from that is still going to it's going to bring a lot of new things that are better for the friendship. Well, and I wonder if the on. Ten of Wands is also like, you know, the burden's going to be falling on you. Like it's not yeah. going to be a conversation that where both of you feel like you got something out of it. It's going to be a conversation yeah. where you feel like you're shouldering all of this weight. I got the Ace of Cups, too, which is weird. My question was about terminating the friendship, basically. And I got the Queen of Cups, which is interesting because the Queen of Wands came up earlier. The Queen of Cups, the Ace of Swords, and the Ace of Cups. I feel like that's saying that if you were to just kind of cut off the friendship, you would be really putting yourself in like a much more emotionally stable position. It Mm -hmm. would feel like kind of a personal victory because you are making this choice to cut it off and it would give you the opportunity to sort of like find more emotionally fulfilling relationships out there. The other interesting thing about the Ace of Cups in this depiction is like the Ace of Wands is so fiery. There's like lava pouring out of her. And then the Ace of Cups, because, well, it's like such a pretty card, but you can see like there is actual chilly, like it feels cold. And so it's sort of like going from this fire to really cooling everything off. Right. Which seems like it would be sort of the route you'd want to go because it's like, I need to chill this. I need to stop this fire. I need to really calm it down and I think that having those two aces following that is saying like if you are able to put yourself in a chillier chiller sort of more emotionally stable position that you'll have all of these new opportunities to like feel like you were victorious you really made a decision you can move forward all of those things yeah and I think it's interesting too that the ace of swords popped up in Basically, when we're asking if to cut somebody off or not, like, it's was like, hey, I'm here to yeah, cut it off. I know. And especially in this depiction, it's laying on the ground. It's not sticking yeah. up out of the sky. It's like this is a sword that has been used mm-hmm. to, like, create division. Like, it's yeah. been a functional sword rather than a yeah. sword offered it's from the new. heavens or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I think in this situation, just because it's like something that hurts so bad when you're trying to decide yeah. what to do with friends. Like, it's just super emotional. I think that maybe pulling, like, a pep talky sort of inner star oracle card might be helpful. So do you want to, like, recap what yours said about, like, creating, maintaining the friendship? Um, so, yeah, mine was, it's going to be a difficult 
burden, basically ten of wands, difficult burden, something really, really difficult that's going to happen. But the, with the Ace of Cups and Page of Pentacles, it's kind of like a renewal, a renewed sense in the friendship. Yeah. Not that everything will be perfect, but at the same time, there's a new opportunity for your friendship to grow from that point. So that was that was from continuing the friendship. Yeah, and cutting it off is putting you in a position of strength where you're feeling a little bit more like emotionally stable, a little victorious over like I made this decision and I'm sticking with it and maybe offers you yourself a little bit more compassion just that you're not like trapped in this cycle. I think that it's interesting that the compassion card, that Ace of Cups showed up in both places. Yeah. So like either way, one of those two things has to happen. You either have to have the conversation or leave the friendship. You can't just let things keep going the way they are. Yeah, exactly. All right. And then just for a little inner star oracle card, I we've talked about this before, but I don't think we've done it in a really long time. This is one of our absolute favorite decks. Both of us love it. And I love ending a reading with it. I think that it's so, it always is just like sums up everything that I've been feeling and every single mm-hmm. reading. Yeah. Um, and it's so, and I like it because it's so empowering, kind of leaves you with a purpose and a point to continue forward. So, yeah. So, interestingly, which doesn't surprise me at all because this deck is fantastic, I got Natural Cycles. Oh. Which makes sense if you're feeling like you're sort of trapped in a cycle with this friend and the natural cycles blurb. So this is the only thing that I don't like about this deck is that you have to hold on to the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like we have to keep it with it. Yeah. 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 Like but it comes with a really solid, nice two piece box. So it's not hard to but still. Um, Okay. so natural cycles says it's natural for you to experience different emotions, moods and energy levels. Understand the importance in working with these shifts in energy rather than pushing to be in one desired state at all times. Connect with the seasons of death, rest, solitude, renewal, and letting go as we live in a world which values light, action, movement, forward motion, and extroversion. And the affirmation is, I allow myself to flow with my own nature and cycles and understand my need to embody different seasons. And so I think that that's really applicable here because... Sometimes friendships serve specific roles and recognizing if the role of that friendship is changing is Mm -hmm. something that you just did. And so now recognizing if you want to continue in that cycle of feeling like you need to protect yourself against her, but then also be there for her and then get your feelings hurt and have to protect yourself against her again and then be there for her again and then get your feelings hurt again. Like that's a cycle that you get to decide if you want to stay in. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. that the cards that we pulled for this really say to not stay in that cycle, but recognizing Mm -hmm. what point of that cycle is the part that's like too much to bear and you need to get out Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. (sighs) Good luck, Nikki. Yeah. Hope that things go healthily for you as you walk forward with this and that making the best decision for you and this friendship and things like that. So, yeah, totally. Because at the end of the day, it's for yourself. So exactly. Life is too short. As my voice is slowly dying. Life is too short and Esther's voice is too short. (laughs) Basically the same level of severity, right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. So this week we're paying homage to the great Aquarian tarot creator and artist David Palladini. Uh, He passed away earlier this month after a long illness Um, He'd been sick for several years. But if you're a longtime listener and you're thinking, wait, didn't they already talk about the Aquarian Tarot? You're partially right. 
Mostly yeah. right. We did talk about the Aquarian Tarot in a now archived episode of the Holistic Tarot Agency, which was our last podcast. Um, but we were pairing it against the Morgan Greer and kind of a showdown style. And today we just want to focus on the Aquarian and Palladini specifically um, in honor of his huge contribution to tarot. Yeah, because he was like a driving force behind like the new wave of tarot decks yeah. and stuff. So. so he, this, I mean, we'll get to this in a second, but this deck was published in 1970. And so I think that like he was sort of part of this like, you know, mid-century resurgence in interest in creating new decks that weren't just following. We're going to start calling it the Smith Waite. <laughs> I'll try on our podcast. I'll try <laughs> uh, because we want to honor our girl Pixie. Uh, but yeah, so in it's we'll talk about this in a second. But basically, let's talk about David for a minute. Um, he was born on April first, nineteen forty-six, in the northern Italian village of Rotaglia. Um, but he and his older brother and his parents moved to the United States in nineteen forty-eight when he was like two. They settled in Chicago. He went to the Pratt Institute Art School in Brooklyn for college, which is where Pamela Coleman-Smith went. She Uh didn't graduate, but she was there, which I think is really interesting. The universal lining. And at the end of college, he accepted a position as the official photographer and cultural Olympiad illustrator for the 1968 Olympic Games in Mexico City, which is so cool. That's so cool. Like, what that an awesome so cool. gig. Can you imagine now being, I've, like, 22? Oh, and, how, like, how on earth? I mean, you know, Pratt, like, apparently is, like, pumping out all these artists. Incre- so, I mean, yeah, which I guess incredible is, artists. makes sense because yeah. it's kind of known for that. But it's so cool that he got to yeah. do this. And then for the next 25 years, he lived in New York City and built a reputation as a commercial artist, as well as creating fine arts, writing books, magazine articles, just media film, and then obviously his astrological works that go along with his tarot uh, decks. Uh, The Aquarian Tarot would be arguably his most widespread and famous work. It came out in 1970 and was published by U.S. Games. They also published his second deck, The New Palladini, like 25 years later. But I was looking at pictures of that, and I think it's a little bit too 90s. Like, I really, really love um, the Aquarian Tarot, but the new Palladini feels a little bit 90s. (laughs) (laughs) His works have been displayed at galleries and museums around the world. He lived in the Hamptons, then Jamaica, then the south of France, and he returned to the United States in 2003 and settled in Newport Beach, California, which is where I was born. Uh, not when I was born, though. I was born way before that. He continued to illustrate, paint, and author several books about his travels. Um, and then also in 2011, he published this book about being an artist. Um, oh. And I was reading some of the, it's like kind of essays, a series of essays. And I was reading some of them on the Amazon preview because I was feeling too cheap to actually buy the book. And they're really interesting. It's just kind of like the truthfulness of like trying to make a living doing art. But we're sending a lot of love to his brothers and also to his longtime partner, Margareta Clausen, in this time with losing him. He was in his early 70s. And so it's one of those things where I'm sure that they're kind of like dealing with some emotions about it. But oh, definitely. Yeah. He for us, his longest legacy is definitely this card deck that we are into. Yeah. It took me a while to get there. And actually, you just gave yours away. So maybe we're not I did that just into give my... it. But you could respect the art. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've thought about getting the like the pocket edition. Because oh, I like that's pocket. A good idea. I do like the deck. It's just not one that's 
that gels with me as easily as Morgan Greer does. Yeah. So and they're very, that's, very similar feeling. Yeah. And there's very similar. And so when we had our deck exchange, I was like, well, what's some decks that I haven't pulled out in a while? And so I pulled yeah. out some decks that I haven't pulled out. And I was like, well, Aquarian Tarot, I, I really love the back of Aquarian Tarot. Oh, the back is so spectacular. Good. I wish, you know, there were more backs as detailed as that is. But yeah, so I just actually gave it away to Joe, so Joe can enjoy it now. So, <laughs> like, enjoy that deck, Joe. Yeah, but yeah. But so the deck itself is kind of interesting because it obviously follows the Smith way pretty mm-hmm. closely, but the tones are all kind of like I think th- I call it kind of icy. They're a little bit cooler. Yeah, there's like not any skin color on any of the people. Yeah, it's yeah. just like like very '60s imagining of art deco which was that trend yes and it's but it's icy but yet very warm toned like all the clothing is very warm but everything else is like stark white yeah that's true it's a so that's i think that's really interesting like contrast so what are your general impressions slash vibe like since it was in the 70s is this like a very 70s deck to you it feels so it was published in 1970 it feels very very 60s to me like we just said it feels really stark in some areas but there's also a lot of warmth to it um, I used this deck when I was reading for my sister in that bonus episode. Oh, yeah. When she described her, when I said, well, how do you feel? And she She's said, like, very brown. Red. Oh, very <laughs> brown, red brown. and brown. It was red or brown. I, someone, one of the colors, like, inside. Like, I was like, okay. <laughs> I meant emotionally, but if you're feeling <laughs> okay. red and brown, then I have the perfect deck for you. Maybe she has, like, Pixie's ability to, like, tell things by color. Like, I'm yeah, feeling synesthesia. brown. Synesthesia. <laughs> yeah, synesthesia. Maybe. Yeah, synesthesia, maybe. Check that out, Katie. You may have some synesthesia in your I think she's okay. just a literalist and <laughs> literalist. she says how do you feel inside and she's like imagining her insides rather than <laughs> her emotional state but anyway I so I think that the, like I I really like it like you said the back is like so 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 gorgeous it's this line mm-hmm. drawing that's all in indigo and white and it's actually what sold me on the deck. I just think that it's so pretty. And whenever I read with it, it's just as fine. Like, it's just a yeah. really solid, stable, you know, Smith weight adjacent deck that feels yeah. easy to read. Yeah, definitely a, a beginner-friendly deck. Totally. You could pop out of the box and not think twice about when you, you know, flip a card. Like, oh, what's the strength card? Oh, it's strength. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it all it all feels really accessible and, you know, fine. Yeah. Now it does have rods, which is amusing. It does have but rods. Rods it does. that have like vaginas on them, but we won't talk They're about that. They're irises. <laughs> Please do not tell me that those irises are not vaginal. <laughs> Labial in nature. Labial rods. Very. <laughs> It's complicated. Lady but yeah, it does. If you're re- like when I was reading for my sister in that bonus episode, she's like, yeah. come on, you're lying. Come on. Like she didn't believe <laughs> no. me that they were called rods. <laughs> I mean, that's like all the decks that came out in that general area. All of a sudden they decided to go all rotty. And I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah. Why are we calling them that? And why I guess maybe it's rods? because like the more that people had the idea of like wands as being like a small like wand. magical wands. Yeah, they're like, well, we have to call this something else because it's too confusing. But rod might not have been the best choice. Maybe just because there were so many like really hot rods, like like actors that were named Rod. Oh, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) are you talking about cars? No, like, well, I mean, I could be, but like Rod Taylor, you know, things like that. Stewart, not not an actor, not very hot, but super famous. But he has lots of money and lots of kids, so (laughs) exactly, it works. Maybe that's where they got the inspiration for rods. But yeah. So you mentioned that you used it for the reading for Katie. That's in the B-sides of our episode of Wildly Tarot Podcast. <laughs> Wildly Tarot Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you used it for? 
I think that it's like a good deck for if you just kind of need a hug. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. I don't find it to be a challenging deck. Like it's not like showing you the rawest part of yourself. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like, to me, it feels more like a warm hug. Just like what I said. Yeah. Before I gave it away, I use it as bed taro. So like when I was like in bed, I just want to flip a few cards. I was like right there. So I'd get off my little altar space and then just flip a few cards. So now the good tarot is in that place. So, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but it was a good deck because it wasn't, it wasn't like, applied by my emotions like it wouldn't read my emotions because sometimes yeah. when you have a deck it'll be like just read your emotions you're like i know all this is going on thank you you yeah. know i need something to tell me more than this yeah totally. so that deck was like a, a nice like equalizer i guess is what i'm trying to say so yeah. i I'd think that, that it's similar to sort of the just typical rws and that it seems just a little bit more straightforward i want to say sterile but that's not quite yeah. the right word well, but but it's it's, it's like to me, it's like medical sort of sterile. Yeah. Like where it's very, it cuts like not sharply, but it's like quick to the point. It doesn't yeah. bullshit you around. You don't need to guess. It's just right there. Be, you know, you're done. Yeah. So totally. that's how I kind of, that's what I did like about the deck was that I didn't have to read between the lines with it, that it was very straightforward. Yeah. So what are your favorite cards? Have they changed since the old HTA episode? I didn't let, li- I mean, it's obviously archived now. I have no idea yeah. what I selected. I think I have no idea either. Similar. I think they're a little vaguely similar. Yeah. I, I think. I'm no, like, I only had one card last time. This time I have three. So I only had I've, one card. <laughs> I only had one card last time because it was against the Morgan Greer and I didn't want like. Oh, that's true. So that's one of the reasons that that episode was so not about this deck is that we were trying to compare it to the Morgan Greer, which came out 10 years later. But they're both kind of always like compared to each other yeah, in conversations. Yeah, and people will often say, like, which one should I get, Aquarian or Morgan Greer? And, you know, we're on opposite ends of that spectrum. So yeah. I think that that makes sense that we didn't do as much in depth. But I'll, I have yeah. four, just because that's what okay. we're doing these days. I'll start with the Minor Arcana. My only Minor Arcana that I really loved is oh, the Four yes. of Rods. Yes. I always love Four of Wands cards in general. And I think that I just like it because all of the wands are have irises at the top. And so that still maintains along with the florals that normally happen in four of wands. I just think yeah. that it's really pretty. It's super, super 60s. Like it's a lot of burnt <laughs> orange. Yes. Um, but I think that it's really pretty and kind of evocative. And then the rest of them are all planetor- planetary major arcanas. So okay, let's see if okay, let's see the same as mine. Let's see. Start with the star, and then I'll I have the star, the moon, and the sun. Hey, and those I, are my three cards from the majors. <laughs> <laughs> I love the star because I love the uh, content warning birds bird on this birds. card. <laughs> you don't want to freak out our friend freak Kylie out. who has Kylie. a bird phobia. Um, but it's a peacock. The tail, uh, everything is just so intricate. The line drawing and yes. the plant underneath the bird is just so beautifully done. And I think that the patterns in this card, like on the actual star, the detail itself, is spectacular. The detail I love is the detail so, in this card. So good. Next, the moon. I think that that's just like peak moon. Yes. I just love it. It's like a big crescent moon with a face on it. And it looks very like Gatsby to me. Like that's like yeah. one of the only cards that kind of looks very 1920s-ish. Totally. This, I think maybe the three major Arcana cards that I selected are like the most Art Deco, but this one is the yeah. most, most Art Deco. Most, most, yeah. Um, And the like patterns down at the bottom, again, are just like very, very intricate. 
And then the sun just makes me laugh so hard because it's so, <laughs> it's so 60s. It's so sick. It's like I I am positive I've seen that as pictures like on the wall. Like yeah. it was a print that people have purchased that, yeah. on the wall somewhere. Exactly. Or it reminds me of like any of those like 1960s concert posters that yes. they like would sell after the show. And so it's like kind of like in sepia tones but like yes. line drawings of this exact sun <laughs> yeah or someone's done graffiti with that like that sun is so ubiquitous like, defines an error yeah yeah totally yeah and so i really love that and i think maybe this whole deck does like it's really easy for me to imagine all of my parents friends using this deck in the 70s yeah like, super easy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's definitely defines an era which i think that's kind of what helped with like paladini like doing the resurgence because there was Hermetic Taro came out right before his, but that wasn't as approachable as his deck was. So I think that's how like he helped define like this new wave of Taro use with his deck. So, and we'll eventually talk about the Hermetic Taro because I own it. It's the first Taro Taro deck that I ever had. Yeah. But I just never, ever, ever use it. I was just thinking it's out now. I have not picked it up since I put it on the shelf. Wow. So I think that maybe when I first started looking at it, it was just way too esoteric. And I think that that's one of the reasons why this deck, why mm-hmm. the Aquarian Tarot took off so much, because the if the next most recent deck is one that has all of this Kabbalah, all of this symbology, all of this like mm-hmm. really use of esoteric symbols that the average layperson wouldn't really understand, then having the next deck that comes out and makes a big splash be something where it's like really hits a touchstone, like a cultural moment of like accessible and pretty and kind of interesting and like all of those things instead of like black and white and esoteric symbols. It's like colorful and warm and just like so, so 60s. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. So three, three, I had four favorites. Three of my favorite favorites were also Holly's. So that makes this podcast episode really short today. I think that that might be the first time that's happened. Like sometimes we'll have one overlap. Yeah, you. but we usually, yeah, I, I was just looking today through just to make sure that I wasn't missing anything. I looked at like a flip through and I was like, oh yeah, because I think last time my favorite card was the star because I love peacocks it's and so the peacock was pretty. so gorgeous, things yeah. like that. But this time I was like, oh, the star, the sun, and the moon. I can do that. Okay. And then um, I also like the two of swords in that deck because the woman is – it's just the way she's structured. It's so icy cold. Yeah. And I really love the feeling of that card because that sometimes, like, the decision – you know you need to make a decision, but you don't really feel paralyzed when making that decision. And that card, I think, really translates that really well. Yeah, totally. that's why I really enjoy that card. So, yeah, those are my – favorites and i like them for the same reason with hollies because they're all beautiful yeah he just does such a good job of when i was looking at his 2011 book the art looked really different like his art style is not just this book because the new paladina deck looks like a graduated deck from this deck yeah Yeah, that's part of the reason why i didn't want to get the new paladini deck i think that's what the name is yeah it's because it looks so similar to aquarian but i like the aquarian more exactly so so to me it's a little not surprising but it's interesting that his art kind of developed from this art style since in the since his newer deck ish was a similar vein of the aquarian so anyway sorry yeah but i do think that like I, i i would be interested to see more of his stuff like more of his fine art stuff Mm -hmm. because I do wonder if maybe the tarot stuff he tried to keep along the same veins as Aquarian but then other stuff is different I really am interested to see the stuff that he did for the 1968 
Olympics. Yeah, Olympics. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm like, I want to Google the 1968 Mexico City Olympics after we get. I know. So anyway, I I just real. I yeah. I think that this deck like always will sort of hold a little bit of a soft spot for me, yeah. just because I think that the art is so cool and it just reminds me so much of my aunt. You know, like my oh, aunts, yeah. basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So now we get to pull a card for our relationship with the deck. So Holly, what card did you pull for me or yourself? Which who do you want to start with? For me. King of Pentacles, which I love. That looks like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, the faces make me laugh because they all look like they need to fart really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the faces are definitely not the focus. I mean, even though it's so zoomed in on the faces, the faces are colorless and... Yeah, they're really not the focus at all. Like, the clothing is more interesting than the faces, Yeah, totally. And then for Esther, you got the moon. The moon. That kind of really fits. But I love the moon. Yeah. Basically, it's like just kind of beckoning. Come back to me. Yeah. Come back to me. I'll show you your shadows. Come back to me. (laughs) That's what that moon sounds like. That's That's, that moon's voice. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Because my voice is like 50-year-old smoker after a long, hard day (laughs) of smoking like four packs. How do you have enough time to get through four packs of cigarettes a day? That's always my question. I, I don't try it at all. It just comes easily. <laughs> it just comes easily during this one season. <laughs> this one season. This one week of the year. <laughs> this four days in the year. <laughs> where I just wake up one time and I'm just like, what's going on with my body? Why do I feel so weird? It's yeah. the cherry blossoms. I always forget. It's the yeah. cherry blossoms. Every single time you're like, they're not going to do this to me again, are they? <laughs> I've certainly grown from this because they say once you've been exposed to allergies a certain amount of time you kind of grow attached to you know grow beyond them no I don't think so yeah exactly although apparently allergies can totally reset every seven years and so maybe eventually you won't be allergic maybe eventually like when I'm 85 years old (laughs) oh you're gonna be so cute (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have 500 reptiles in your house by the time you're 85 (laughs) that's true That's true. Esther got a new lizard, you guys. Shame we her. Did. Shame shame me, yeah. It was it was a birthday gift. We already had the cage. It's not my fault. <laughs> and it's also a little tiny guy. It's, it's really not gonna tiny. grow He's to be tiny. a forty pound. Thing. No, he thankfully he won't. Its name is its name is Doktoki, which is like bellflower roots. You can eat bellflower root, but it's because it looks like a bellflower root, so <laughs> So when my husband and I were choosing a name for it, we were just going, I was making like puns because I, of course it's me. Yeah, and he exactly. was, <laughs> let's just be honest. And then he came across this. He was like, and he laughed so hard for like five minutes. And I was like, this is the name. We have to pick this name. This is the name. So, I love it. So now we, I have a lizard that's named after a bellflower root. <laughs> Hello, a witch, you know, so. <laughs> I'm just going to keep calling it the new lizard, I think. The new lizard. Just Until like the new Paladini new... deck. I'm just going to call it <laughs> new, new lizard. lizard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next week, we will not assume that Luna Soul will get here. We are going <laughs> yeah. to read a book. Yay! We're going to read a book that combines two of our interests, romance novels and tarot. It's called The Queen of Swords by Katie Robert. Oh, yeah. And we can do that'll this. That'll be fun. We'll do. I know that gives novel. me an excuse to like do a romance novel. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think that'll be great. And then we'll try for Luna Soul in two weeks so that we don't keep promising it and then having I know. it not be there. <laughs> and I know. It's just like it, the more you want it here, the slower it comes. Like exactly. It's like guaranteed. So exactly. send all of your love and lights to my little package to make sure it gets here. <laughs> 
seriously. It's in the mail. It's not like the I know. creator or the person you bought it from is taking forever yeah. to send it. It's just Korean no, mail services. Yeah, it's been in the mail service package place Whatever. for two weeks. <laughs> It's been in the Bermuda Triangle of packages for two weeks. I don't I know, know where it's at. That's so wild. Speaking of wild, that's our show, Wildly Tarot show. Podcast. Yeah, that's our show, the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. If you like us, please tell some friends about us and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I don't know what that actually does, but it does make us super happy to hear people say tell us that they like listening to well, us. Well, so far we have all like 35 five star reviews which i think is pretty good for having 35 people that say they love us i know I <laughs> so love it's it. like love you love you us reviewers. so much so yeah only some of them are blood related to me also yeah we didn't we didn't pay anybody <laughs> no at all <laughs> and if you have a tarot question or a life question to be helped through tarot email us at wileytarotpodcast at gmail.com or message us on our instagram at wileytarotpodcast you can also follow us on Instagram for pictures of the decks we're using or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast. Again, that's the name of this podcast, Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> also, feel free to follow each of us on Instagram. I am at Celestial Esther and Holly is at Holly Enchanted. Go forth and tarot wildly this week. With the Wildly Tarot the Podcast. Wildly tarot podcast. <laughs> We did it. We said the we name. Did. At least 20 times. People know us now. Have a great day, 